figures show that employees are continuing to return to the office, with the numbers steadily rising since January. While it does fluctuate on different days of the week, office occupancy is around 50 to 60 odd percent of pre-pandemic levels. But while we have passed so-called Freedom Day, when one might expect those figures to increase further still, COVID-19 cases are once again on the rise, exacerbated by the so-called pandemic uh, of those required to isolate by track and trace. As a result, so much still remains uncertain, and nobody yet knows what the much-discussed new normal might look like. But that doesn't stop us talking about it. I'm Deputy Legal Editor Jeff Harold, and on the latest EG podcast, I'm joined by Joanne McIver, property partner at Edwin Co., whose work includes a focus on development, commercial leasing and large-scale acquisitions and disposal of commercial sites, and Rachel Titley, Associate Director at Quantity Sophia at Adair, who specialises in the refurbishment and new build of sustainable commercial offices, both of whom will share their professional perspectives on the future of the office. Welcome to you both. Hello. Hello, it's lovely to be here. Glad to hear it. So I should start by asking each of you first how your working experiences have been during the 16 months of the pandemic. Uh, Joe, do you want to fill us in? You, you, you're the one that appears to be in an office right now. Yes, I am with air conditioning, which is a very welcome uh, addition to my day to day when it's about 28 <laughs> degrees outside. I certainly don't mm. have that at home. Um, well, it's been interesting, hasn't it? Because pre-COVID, we didn't really think much about the office. We just automatically accepted that we would spend the majority of our working time there. And uh, I think the, the whole working from home experiment, as time has gone on, has I think led me to see that there's some advantages and there's some disadvantages, like everything. So on the whole, I think it's been it's been excellent because we've been able to carry on. We've been been able to continue to work to service clients. And that's been great. But there are some disadvantages because you just miss a bit of face to face interaction um, going out with your friends and colleagues after work, actually, for a drink and um, things that you just have taken for granted. So um, I think, uh, yes, as time has gone on, you can see that there are pros and cons of it. Rachel, what about you? I think it's quite different. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, being a quantity surveyor, we're quite often um, site based mm-hmm. um, or in clients' offices. So I, I've always, I mean, through, through all of my career, I had a very flexible kind of working location, whilst I haven't necessarily been permanently located at home. I've worked, you know, sort of across cities and, you know, I've always had a laptop. So, you know, I've always been able to sort of like dial into the office. So in some ways, you know, we were, we were already prepared for this. So it, it, it's not that unusual. Um, and I think that's one of the things that kind of has surprised me about across the different sectors and talking to sort of like, you know, friends and family and, and other colleagues about depending on who, who they work for, what type of work they do, how prepared they were to all of a sudden not be in the office and to talk to someone, oh, no, no, I haven't actually got a laptop or, you know, because everything's desktop based or I've got a laptop and the software just didn't work on their on their machine because it's you know they, they were doing something I mean the planning department of most councils I mean that's part of the reason they struggled with paper-based uh, planning submissions and being able to put a notice up on a on a on a lamppost and not being able to, to kind of do that because they weren't in the office and they hadn't got a printer at home it's and I think that's what's surprised me um, but actually it demonstrates the, the huge difference in what an office means 
Mm. You know, and it's sort of we aren't all talking about the cent, you know, the city of London and and the gherkin kind of thing. You know, mm. we're also talking about people that are, you know, effectively sort of working in working over the shop kind of, you know, sort of stuff. And we we need to think about what the future of the office means for everybody. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm similar to you as a journalist. Uh, you know, I work wherever my laptop is. Uh, but uh, Joe, I, I definitely can see the appeal of the air conditioning uh, right now because uh, I am currently melting. <laughs> at home so um let's get the big question out of the way then with, with that sort of brief introduction I mean, what purpose do you think the office still serves and and how is that going to uh, evolve in the in the next few years well i think the office really does even after all this working from home experiment the office still really does have a central role um because it's always going to be isn't it not the the nucleus of where we learn from others you know it's it's a platform for collaboration it's a source of friends and social life uh respite from those that even we live with um and a a reason (laughs) just to to get out the house actually um so i i think it's it's prompted every business um uh, to consider new ways of working Uh, and for me personally i would say that the future is hybrid Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw an interesting word when I was just t- uh, looking up some uh, some sort of data and figures for for this and uh, digital. So a combination <laughs> of physical and digital. Mm. So that that, that that is the new word. We are going to be okay. digital. <laughs> digital. Well, I'm digital. glad I'm not saying that with my false teeth in. Totally, totally. But, so you're combining <laughs> the best of physical proximity with the best of digital efficiency. I like that. It's a lovely okay. statement. But, uh, I can I can see the let's get digital headline in my in, in my <laughs> eyes now. So I, I look forward to the first article we get with that. Yeah. <laughs> And what is your impression, sort of, you know, you're dealing with clients, but what, how, what's the latest on how the pandemic has impacted demand um, within the office market? I, I'm probably more of a, a regional focus mm. rather than necessarily London. Um, but, you know, there, there are there are big deals that have still gone through in the last sort of like 12, 18 months. Admittedly, a lot of it has been led by the, the public service um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, area. Where you know it's it's the inland revenue and and the, the you know the DVLAs of this world that are basically taking very large um, uh, rentals, so you know offices have still happened. Um, there's been a lot of refurbishment of offices. I think mm-hmm. as people have realised, they've seen the opportunity. They've seen the opportunity of flexible working and you know converting what is a you know a possibly a, a subgrade um, office into something that people are quite happy to pay. You know whatever 10 20 pounds a day you know quite cheap amounts but to be able to have that kind of flexibility and and be in an office again it's sort of like so I think there's been lots of opportunities for mm. um, for refurbishment I don't know what yeah. about the deals that you're putting together Joe? well I think ultimately the mo- I, there's no one size fits all in any event you know as a, a solution for, for what sort of office space that people are now looking because the answer is very different for every organization and every business isn't it and it's based on what what their business needs are what their talent what talents needed what roles for them are most important um how much collaboration is necessary where the offices are going to be located um and i do i have seen quite an uptick from where we were this time last year to where we are now because People have businesses have realised that there is a role for the office. So while you know they've realised that um, they could make do with less office 
space, they've also realised that they also need better, more resilient office space that has got more services and a flexible service space. So I think the key words here are flexible, hybrid. And that's what's encouraging, you know, I I think uh, some of the, the deals that are coming across my desk at the moment. And Rachel, you mentioned earlier on the danger that you you kind of can see it solely in terms of the square mile and and you know big massive uh, office developments, but it it isn't like that. The, the, the pictures, you know, uh, infinite variation ac- across the country in, in what yeah. the what offices are and what what they could be. Are you are you starting to see much um, change yet in in location and 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 where where people are wanting their offices based? I mean, that was kind of an interesting one, sort of in terms of whether the idea of having big city-based uh, offices mm. is going to be the future. I think we, one of the things I was talking with Joe earlier was the fact that when we were talking about people being in the office, it was the junior staff that wanted to be there, and they they quite often now tend to live in a in a in a very city centre based sort of lifestyle and so they're quite close to the office they want to be sociable and they want and it's easy for them to get in they're quite happy they're not doing the you know hour two hour commute or even even further you know that tends to be people that are more senior um, and actually there's probably possibly a, a resistance from those people who have suddenly realised that their lives are a whole lot better um, not spending four hours on a train from Brighton into London or, you know, sort of travelling from Manchester to London or the opposite direction. Um, and if you could actually have offices that are closer to home, so you actually reduce, you're still getting the office because they do want to be in the office. People want to be in the office. I do genuinely mm-hmm. believe that. But they just they want to get rid of the commute. That's what they want to do. So the idea of having sort of smaller satellite offices and whether that's, you know, a blend of, of people building them or renting them or whatever else, that's kind of the next sort of question. But it's um, but I think you'll actually get, end up with a lot of people sort of um, still coming together, but in a, in a very different way, but closer to where they live. And um, are you seeing much uh, change already in terms of people reconfiguring their, their office requirements and, and changing uh, maybe, you know, from the... Uh, the more cubicle-based, uh, high intensity of of, of employee to a, a more collaborative space, a more open um, setup. Yeah, I mean, office design over the over the last sort of uh, you know 10-15 years has, has changed in that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, a lot of a lot of firms were already working towards that um, and were planning for that even before you know this has happened. Um, so I mean, although ironically, like, like the BCO, the, um, the, the, the the their guidance has gone down to sort of like one in one in eight to one in ten as being the kind of standard, whereas it used to be a bit wider, one in eight, one to, one to thirteen. Um, but if people want to be further apart from mm-hmm. each other because they're going to be not scared to come back, but they have a you know a sort of like a, a, an apprehension about returning to the office, they might want to be. You might end up having to have the same amount of office, but just people going back to having a bit more of a generous sort of kind of space allowance in order for people to actually feel happy about that it's um but yeah I mean open plan open plan office is, is kind of you know and reduced desk sizes has become the I think the, the the norm in most large larger offices so in terms of what those changing um demands from occupiers might mean for landlords i imagine joe you you're, you're dealing with a lot of um leasing uh quandaries at the moment absolutely 
and it's been it's, it actually has been quite an interesting time um for landlords um as much as it has been for for tenants and again it's about flexibility mm. um it's it, the pandemic has opened up remote working as a concept to many organizations which you know, you find hard to believe but for the first time and so this along with an eye on purse strings it's it presents added pressure for flexibility rather really than commitment so um what i've been seeing a lot of is is landlords and tenants actually working together more as mm-hmm. as a partnership which is really um which is really what it should always be about but um it's increased flexibility hybrid working patterns which could perhaps have been a, seen you know two years ago as a challenge for landlords but now maybe more so has been seen as an opportunity to remodel their space to to these changing needs so um and i think landlords especially for quite a lot of landlords and they are seeing that where they have to differentiate themselves is with added services to help Mm -hmm. the tenant to become more productive and whether that's in its sustainability digital it um, or even wellness then you know they're ready to do that and uh, do you find that sort of landlords and investors are rethinking uh, their portfolio to respond to these sort of changing requirements through rethinking the types of buildings they own and, and where they uh, where they want to own them? Well, yes, I think I think at the moment they're looking to see where things pan out. Um, and as Rachel mentioned earlier, it's becoming quite regional too because. People have workers have moved out of the city and have become, you know, into which is great news actually for the regional areas, um, because it's great investment purposes. It's good for, you know, shops, restaurants, etc. When you know when they're able to open, um, and so for that, it's it's representing quite, you know, a, a new model for them to to approach and to look at. And I think that's one of the concerns, I suppose, for for landlords, you know, who have been quite and, and institutional lenders who've been very used to sort of going, right, I've got a, a, t- a 10 year lease, I've got a 15 year lease sort of. And, and, you know, when you're thinking about the big corporates and that's always been, you know, wonderful to lend on, you know, you've got a guaranteed, yeah. secured sort of kind of um, uh, long term income. And um, and for people looking to invest into something that. That you know, people are you know people are booking an hour. I mean, that's kind of like, you know that's a long way from that. And trying to actually be able to demonstrate to um, you know, especially institutional lenders that that actually is a is a working model, um, you know, a working long term model. You know, when you know these are the sorts of people get upset if they haven't got the same you know a particular type of drop in ceiling and um, and, a, and a certain type of um, of air conditioning because they it, it's outside their comfort zone. But um, <laughs> So yeah, I think that will be interesting to see how how the lending market kind of deals with that. And we we obviously know that in in certain sectors there's there's been um, uh, major issues in terms of of rent not being paid uh, during the pandemic. I, I think that's more of a problem in, in obviously retail and leisure than it is in offices. But are there uh, some types of dispute that you see coming to to court or, or, or ending in litigation between landlords and tenants of office space? Joe, over uh, these changing requirements, you know, perhaps a, a rise in the number of break notices being triggered or or, or seeking lease variations? Well, I, I'm not a litigator, so um, I, I don't see much of that coming across my desk. Mm. But in terms of having varying leases and reducing um, 
you know, g giving some options for reductions in rent in order though, just to maintain some sort of continuity with rental payments, then yes, it, in my experience, landlords have been um, pretty good um, with with tenants um, and, as I say, working more together as a uh, relationship, and um, because they're sympathetic to to um, what the situ what's happened over the past eighteen months. Break notices, yes, actually, I have seen quite a few of these of late. Mm. Of again, you know, businesses just a reflection of having to review their real estate footprint and um, reviewing what space they actually do need and where location-wise and um, moving perhaps out with you know, the confines of the M25. Uh, do you find that, uh, that most landlords are willing to be to be flexible and to work with their tenants on, on those types of issues? Well, of course, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's not. <laughs> I can't speak for all of no. the landlords out there, <laughs> but I am pleased to see that the, the, the landlords that I work with um, and um, and also conversely, when I ha do um, have tenants, the, the landlords have actually been really um, pretty helpful. Um, and I think it's for them, it's, uh, you know, it's more essential to have actually tenants in place that are paying you know, the service charges, insurance, et cetera, and actually having visibility of someone in their premises as opposed not. And it, it might be perhaps a little early to, to um, grapple with the, the impact on, on development, but to what extent do you think um, the changing demands and, and the changing needs can be catered for by, by uh, refurbishing or, or, or redeveloping offices? And, and, and to what extent do you, do you think there'll be a demand for new office developments? I mean, I think there's always going to be a demand for new buildings of, of, of any sort. But I mean, um, just purely because offices do just sort of like, you know, they, they, they need to be refurbished over a certain length of time purely to basically make sure that you're maintaining the rental, um, the, the rental levels that you're, uh, you're, you're demanding for them. Um, as old, older space also starts being uh, repurposed as well. I mean, if you look at what's happening in city centres, to do with retail um, and people leave you know retail leaving this leaving the city centre most cities are looking at strategies to make their their city centres more sustainable uh, in terms of, of more mixed use and more residential within their uh, within the within the city centre um, and you know I mean even like the city of London this year they're going to repurpose they're going to build like 1500 houses um, out of offices you know so those offices go off the market you know, and you do still need, therefore, some, you know, there's always going to be sort of like some, there's always going to be some churn in terms of buildings, you know, as as, as, mm. as the new ones come into um, uh, into use and the old ones don't. Um, you also have to remember there are places, uh, there are places where uh, office demand for grade A office is still not as high as it, it should be or could be. Um, and again, specifically in the regions where any new offices were immediately snapped, you know, large offices were immediately snapped up by, by large corporates. Yeah, I mean, Birmingham's a great example where, you know, sort of um, um, HSBC, uh, HMRC, you know, sort of like um, PwC took all the new all the new offices that were built over the last sort of like, you know, four or five years went straight in one great big rental, uh, one great big deal. Um, you know, and so those immediately, you know, gone. And so there's, there's, it isn't actually replacing anything. You know, it's sort of uh, those are new people to the, uh, to the to that to that particular locational market. So yeah, the demand's always going to be there. <laughs>
And I suppose I nothing about the pandemic, uh, you know, changes some of those more more long established trends of the, the 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 need and the demand for more environmentally friendly buildings, more sustainable buildings, better internet connectivity, and all those other things that drive people to want newer, um, more advanced, more impressive offices. Well, yeah, and I think the big the big question really for investors in this in the commercial sector is is how really to differentiate your asset from the rest and how you can make sure that your office is the one that tenants and their employees want to go to. So I mm. think it's it's an opportunity, actually, and as you say, with green sustainability, um, you know, all so important now. Um, and with tenants, landlords working together to help each other on that basis. Um, I think it's it's a it's an opportune time. So and you're also so, attracting sorry sorry to interrupt you there, Jess, but yeah, you're also appealing to a different um, age group. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reasons that people go and work for work for different companies now is probably very different to the reason why I you know I, I chose a job in my twenties you know which was probably a good secure money kind of you know they're they're looking for those things too but they're also looking for you know is that is that company. Um, you know, has it got sort of cycle facilities and showers? And you know, can I have my uh, have my Amazon deliveries um, there? You know, have they got somewhere I can sit and have um have a, a cost you know a Costa coffee or any other unbranded coffee you want to put in there? Um, <laughs> you know, it's um, yeah, that they want more from they want more from their uh, from their employer, not just the obvious things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, I think as well from that is it's this concept of where they go to work is is so important um, and for our generation I think it's awesome to see what the younger generation are looking for because from I think a key feature in the years ahead will be where the office environment has that sort of um, a hotel type feel where you have additional services that landlords actually can charge accordingly for um, and that will just be part of the service that they provide um, it's so to that end it's it's the lease isn't just the end game for the landlord it's the beginning so to speak because you know they've still got to provide services so that this whole space for their employees for the tenants feels as if it's a destination that they're going to you only have to look at what most most uh, most graduates are moving out of from student accommodation mm-hmm. um, you know and um you know they're, they're kind of then they're moving into co-living spaces um so they're kind of they're they're that they're then almost expecting that same kind of level of um, of offering from their um, from their workspace as well. Mm-hmm. So bring all that together. How would you each sort of sum up the the trends that will be shaping the office sector over the next twelve months? Uh, well, I think I think flexibility, um, a hybrid. Um, it's COVID has made us all you know reappraise what matters most. At the office, it's and it certainly isn't being there from nine to five, five days a week. Um, so I think we'll be looking more for space that we can effectively connect with colleagues, collaborate. We can coach, train. Culture, there's the culture there, um, things that you really can't do um, at home. So I think yeah, for me, flexibility and hybrid is how I see things developing over the next year or so. Rachel, what about you? I would say I, I, I have to agree. I mean, we, we, we've said quite from the beginning, there is no one size that, that fits fits all. I mean, I, 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 would, I would love to sort of like imagine there's going to be an overall 
um, drive to improve the the standard of, of office offices that that everybody is um, is working from and that on the back of um, on the back of COVID that some of that may may at the very least come out of the technological and and, and flexible working um, environment um, and sometimes and then the physical might you know for some people may may be a little bit um, but behind that but um, um, I think there's just going to be more I think there will be more choice um, you know people are going to be able to to be somewhere either buzzy or somewhere quiet um, you'll have companies that might have hybrid um, leasing arrangements you know they might want to take you know two floors of a, a flexible working space on almost like a permanent long lease but then flex on you know flex on other floors because that's that gives them a, a security and an opportunity to um, uh, an opportunity to uh, to kind of blend what they um, what they need without committing um, without committing further. Um, and as we see, not just more young people, but we're, uh, but also um, a a wider age demographic in mm -hmm. the work environment. Mm -hmm. That's going to be interesting, and that's also um, a a more diverse demographic as well. So mm -hmm. where you know that's with you know male, female, sort of differently abled, whatever. But it's sort of like you know. All of those things are going to have to need to be addressed as all of us are working until, you know, our late 60s or whatever else. And we're all going to need different things and different ways of working. Indeed, we will. And then just sort of lastly, looking slightly further ahead, if uh, if you're visiting your respective offices in 2025, uh, what would you like to see there? Apart, apart from air conditioning. <laughs> Be really rude to say a giant ball pit. I don't know why, but that's the first thing that jumped into my head. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, I think it, it comes down to community, and that's what that's what being in an office to me engenders. It's like it is it is like basically being with your being with your own little family. Mm. And you know, and I would whenever I work, walk into any office, whether that's now or in, in four or five years time, I want to want to walk in and feel welcome. Um, and that's probably the sum of what I'd like to see from from my office in the future. Yes, I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Not nothing too fancy. It's just something that it's, it's something that you you know that's um, you can't really make easily, but it's very very important to have, and that is your culture and the community, which you can't really get at home. And what separates your work and your home life, um, and what should, which is really important. Somewhere where everybody knows your name. That sounds like a, a great uh, a great way to end and to, to sum up the unique appeal uh, of the office. Thank you both um, very much for joining me. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yes, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, you have been listening to the EG Podcast channel.